and welcome to Down with the Browns. And welcome back to another episode of Down with the Browns. We have a very special guest tonight. And it is Browns with Noah, the greatest sports analysis person in the world. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Intro. I didn't expect that, but I appreciate it. What is up, guys? How are you guys doing tonight? I had the day off, so uh, oh. you know St. Patty's Day uh, kind of hit me a little harder than expected. Uh, but we're here uh, and we're ready to go, ready to talk about some Browns. So heck yeah! And uh, Noah, uh, just give us a little, just give us a little detailed uh, explanation of who you are. Let's hear about it. Yes, yeah, so I cover the Browns for Browns Digest through Sports Illustrated. Um, write stories for them as much as I can, and then on Instagram and Twitter as well at Browns with Noah. So. Those are my three main platforms. Heck yeah. And uh, seems like you've been pretty busy since uh, March 13th. I've been staying busy. Yeah. And been, been a lot of action with the Browns, uh, you know, been pretty active. Uh, you've got, I, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, I'm just going to call him Ob because uh, it'll, it'll just be bad from the Texans, the defensive end. Oh, Karanquo. Yeah, Christian. thank you. You nailed Overall. that. You nailed that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to yeah. practice that in the mirror. I'm just going to wake up and start saying it. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's just, you know, he's on the team now, KFC. You got to be able to, like, I, I understand it's, that's a okay. lot of syllables from somebody that lives in Kentucky. Like, I, I get it. You know, it's it might be hard for you to pronounce, but, like, we got to, come on, man. Get, Hopefully yeah. the Browns will like give us pronunciation lessons or something like that. Like release. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for like them to drop the roster. So because they always put the name and they put like in parentheses how to pronounce it. So until then, I'm just gonna call him Ob. Uh, but oh, Ban KFC. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, Jeff said uh, just say 007. I like that a lot better. <coughs> we call him James Bond. Um, and then we got Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, then Mo Hurst, I mean, our boy Noah right here, kind of one of the first people to report that. Um, who else did we get? Juan, Juan Thornhill. Juan Thornhill, yep. um, You know, so Thornhill, uh, Tomlinson, um, and then Ogbo, all multi-year deals. Um, and then they just re-signed uh, Jordan Kunasik, uh for a year. Uh, special teamer Michael Ford, who played with the Falcons. Tight end Jordan Atkins, um, who spent a couple years um, in Houston, and then um, trying to was there one more? Am I forgetting one? I feel like we have all of them uh, named right there. But pretty did busy mention, week. Did you mention oh, go Thornhill? Ahead. Thornhill? Yeah, Thornhill. Um, yeah. You know, free safety out of uh, uh, out of Kansas City. Uh, yeah. Now, Noah, tell us here. It was this free agency for you was the phone kind of blowing up um or was this kind of more a lot of stuff done behind the scenes um and then like they kind of kind of walk us through here like what kind of free agency was this for you yeah so a lot of it for me was just trying to figure out where people's heads were at to be honest with you guys um i reported the anthony walker stuff um just trying to see 
what what the feel is, what the vibe is between the Browns and then between the players, their level of interest coming back to Cleveland, um, sort of what their markets look like. Um, so I had the Anthony Walker stuff and some Kareem Hunt news and and then um, the Browns' interest in Mac Wilson, which ultimately there's a whole story there, but he ultimately ended back with New England. So, so Okay, great, great. Um, so in, ter- in terms of Anthony Walker, um, interesting that you bring that up. Uh, you, you know, there was a report that he was visiting with the commanders today. Um, very sad if he is not brought back, uh, at least in my opinion. I want to know your guys' thoughts on this, but I, I thought he was a great leader uh, in the two years mm-hmm. that he was here. Um, very low missed tackle rate, um, kind of a high effort guy, in my opinion, and a big leader. I mean, we all kind of saw what the defense looked like after he went down, kind of night and day difference. Uh, I mean, what do you what do you guys think about Anthony Walker? Do you guys want him back? Yeah, I think that they they should bring him back. Um, that's just my opinion on it, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I think the I think they're sort of waiting to see if there's a market, um, what the price could be. Um, that's the commander's visit. I don't know how that went. Um, so we'll see. I, I mean, I know Anthony Walker's interest. He has interest in coming back to Cleveland. Um, it's The ball is probably still in the Browns' court. If they want him, they'll throw him an offer um, for another year, hoping that he comes back off of his injury. So we'll see. I know the guys love him. Um, we saw yeah. a lot of players talk out loud on Twitter about wanting him back, wanting the Browns to sign him back. And there were a couple guys I talked to as well that, raved about him as a teammate people around him rave about him as a person so just a quality dude um so we'll see we'll see what happens so he really is that defensive leader that that captain on that side of the ball with with this locker room yeah 100 percent. dude i love a walk it's just like even when he was hurt he was still there every game and like one thing that really stood out was he came out on crutches Jacoby Brissett's last game and hugged him. Just came out of the tunnel, hugged him because, I mean, they beat Tom Brady in the Bucks as his final game as the starter before Watson comes back. And, like, I was just like, we need to bring him back because that's leadership. That's stuff, like, we see it on the field, but the stuff, like, off the field, that matters too. And when you have a guy like that in the locker room that's probably checking in on guys, and, I mean, when you're hurt, like, I mean, we were at the Pittsburgh game when he got hurt. I mean, it was dead solid there for a little bit. We're all like, no, it's not. It can't be a walk. And, and I mean, everybody, like, just loved him. It just Yeah, because I, 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 we were both there at that, at that Pittsburgh game, uh, KFC. And, and I just remember yeah. sitting there. He went down, um, y- you know, and he's laying on the field. And the rest of the stadium just went silent. Mm-hmm. Like, it was almost like the air was, like, sucked out of the stadium. Um, now I, I kind of, I don't mean to bombard you with questions here, Noah, but I, I do kind of want to ask you this. Um, do the Browns, um, think that they have that defensive, like kind of leadership right now in the locker room at the middle linebacker position? Like, is there a potential, um, in terms of like how they look at Sione Taki Taki, um, or JOK? Um, like, do they think that they, those guys can make the next step or are they still kind of looking for that captain in, in the linebacker room? Yeah, if they didn't think that Taki Taki could make that next step, then he wouldn't be back in Cleveland. Um, so they mm-hmm. wanted to sign him to another year, uh, brought him back, saw some potential, some flashes last year. Obviously, you have JOK in that room, who's shown a lot of flashes in his early career in his first two years. So we'll see. I think the biggest thing is just trying to stay on the field for those linebackers. They were decimated with injuries last year. Um, yeah. So Jacob Phillips, they still think they can develop. 
Um, in terms of like a, a leader, I think you always have Miles Garrett on that side of the ball. So I don't think that's ever a huge issue. Um, okay. I don't know necessarily if they're looking for guys like, yeah, this guy's not a leader. We don't want him. This guy is a leader. Let's try to get him. They're just trying to get as mm -hmm. much talent as they can. And I think that leadership sort of develops within the team once training camp starts. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that, I mean, yeah. that's, that's good to hear. Um, but yeah, yeah. That, to your yeah. point, the linebacker room just seemed absolutely just decimated by injuries. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it was really sad to see because when talkie talkie kind of stepped into that bigger role uh -huh. um, kind of later in the season, it was what two or games more. And then he was injured not for the year. So, yeah. And a guy like Deion Jones is still on the market as well. Um, I don't know how much interest there is there between the two sides, but I'd imagine if the Browns throw him another one-year deal, I don't know why he wouldn't want to come back. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, Noah, I've got two questions for you. So this first one is, on the Browns roster, if one guy stands out to be like, quote-unquote, like your favorite to watch, like just favorite, like you're going to look his highlight tape up, like, who is that player for the Browns? Um, I love watching Amari Cooper and his route running, to be honest with you guys. Solid dude. Had the opportunity to talk to him for a while when he first got to Cleveland. Um, actually, I'm going to – give me a second, guys. It's looking like Josh Dobbs is going to come back to Cleveland to be the backup. Oh! oh! Did – Dobbs? Back? Okay. Yeah, That's so it looks sick. like they their backup. All right. I love Dobbs. I'm here for it. I think it was between him and Bridgewater made the most sense. So Dobbs is going to back up Deshaun, it looks like. Heck yeah. That's pretty crazy. So for the first time on Down with the Browns, we've had breaking news. So, you know. Legit. Uh, yeah, I'll hey, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I mean, granted, you know, there. I I assume there was going to be some perks having a Browns insider on here. So you know, thanks for that. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Josh Joshua Dobbs stole all our hearts in uh, the first preseason game. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it you know it, it makes sense um, just considering the fact that you know he can run that same kind of off offense as Deshaun Watson in terms of, you know, the read option, the RPOs, um, and with his mobile ability. And he's definitely smart enough. Uh, you, you know, he's been in several programs. So, you know, he's not going to look totally lost, um, you, you know, if he has to, um, you, know, you know, learn the new playbook that's coming in come August. So, yeah. Plus he's, and just uh, an overall really smart dude. The Browns loved yeah. him. It's just when you have Brissett in there as well, like he's just a better football player. So that was their backup. But Brissett or Dobbs is a really smart dude, um, can fit into any system and just be a leader. I mean, he, he led like he was involved in a lot of things last year for the Browns. They love him. Heck, yeah. And uh, so, no, I got another question. This yeah. one's not even related to sports at all. This one's just kind of getting okay. to know you. So you're just, uh, it's a beautiful day outside. You're just taking a little cruise drive. What is the first song on the playlist? Is it, is it some like, you go in like some T-Swifty, you go in some Kanye, you go in, like, where are you going with it? Yeah, I, if it's a nice day out, like, windows down, give me some country music. Okay. okay. Yes, sir. What? Yeah, if it's nice, it depends on the weather. But like, if it's like, we're just going to say it's in the summer. It's the middle of the mm -hmm. summer, like middle of June. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw on some country music. 
Oké, okay, oké. Okay. Let's go. Hey, a little yeah. sunny in 75. Yeah, no, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, a little more. But if, I, like, if I listen to country music right now, it doesn't seem like it's like it just doesn't it doesn't fit for me. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hard to listen to lyrics about you know drinking and sunshine when you know the sun's yeah. not out in Ohio and it's you know cloudy and snow all over the place. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right um but do you guys hear that it's uh it's what the buffalo heard sometimes getting pickle juice in your eye turns out to be a good thing this is mac with what the buffalo heard disaster struck downtown cleveland yesterday as a main water break happened on the corner of ontario and st Clair. this caused a giant hole to open up in the intersection stopping traffic for several hours Citizens are calling this the Haslam hole due to the giant hole in the inside of the Browns owner's head. The cries of Browns Twitter are echoing even louder as fans are disgruntled. The team has yet to add a wide receiver to this roster in free agency. From bashing current Cleveland wide receivers to begging the GM to overpaid unproven free agents, fans are trying their best to have their wish come true. For anyone interested in furthering this conversation, a space is titled WAH will be held by Manny after the show. Lastly, the Browns have been busy adding talent along the defensive line, signing four free agents, two of which to multi-year deals. This is great news considering this group was one of the worst in the NFL last year. Head coach Kevin Stefanski stated that defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz had a big role in these signings. He was quoted saying, it's great to finally have a Schwartz that can make a positive impact on this team. This is Mac with the Buffalo Heart. Heck yeah. <laughs> so, like, I got a question about that big hole that opened up. Like, what okay. caused that? Um, so there was uh, there was a basically like a break um, in like the water line underneath mm-hmm. um, because it originally started out. It was um, I forget wh- who the name of the reporter is. Um, I'll try to grab it in like a second here. Um, but so there was a video that broke out um, and it was basically just like water flooding. Um, the streets right in the middle of the intersection. Um, and with that water line being broken, uh, basically just the infrastructure of the whole street just kind of caved in. Um, so uh, Kelly Dobeck uh, was the reporter that was on it. So uh, basically the whole intersection was flooded. Um, they had to remove a, you know, a bun- bunch of asphalt and get that fixed. But that was one of the, definitely one of the nuttier things that I've, that I've seen um, pretty close to, I, I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, um, the 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 picture of hell, so to speak, um, by the flats um, a couple months ago, where it almost looked like a, like a like a forest fire had broken out. Um, but between that and this water main break, definitely one of the weirdest things that I've seen in downtown. <laughs> yeah. So, so but uh, getting back to the Browns. Um, so, first week of free agency is over with. Looking back on it. Who is, do you think, next year will make the most impact for the Browns? And That's a good question. I th- I'm going to say Obo. Um, I think that he can definitely get double-digit sacks across from Miles. Um, he hasn't played as many snaps as they're going to have him play next year ever in his career, and they got him at a young age, still young age, and a pretty good deal um, money-wise. So... I think that he's going to have an immediate impact, and I think that that's one of the guys 
that everyone will look at and look back on the deal and say, wow, they got him for a good price. Um, obviously, Dalvin Tomlinson as well is going to be the starter. He's going to get a lot of time um, on the field. So he'll obviously have an impact. But in terms of the stat sheet, I think it'll be Oboe because it's pretty hard for Tomlinson to get big numbers on a stat sheet. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely agree with you there, Noah. Um, you know, now off the stat sheet, I, I do really think that Tomlinson is going to have the bigger impact uh, just simply because, uh, you, you know, I think you're going to see an increase on, um, you know, Miles Garrett's numbers come come next year. Um, you, you know, we saw the impact of, um, you know, the the deep tackle room had on miles uh, in 2021 um you know he posted his best year and why because he didn't have to work so hard climbing back up the pocket in his rush you know with defensive tackles pushing that line of scrimmage back into the quarterback's lap you, you know a lot of these guys can't step up um but okoronkwo um i do really think that he has the possibility of being the longtime answer um, at D and opposite of Miles, um, you, you know, it was it was one of those things, and I, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned it uh, last podcast. But when the news first broke, um, I was a little little hesitant to call it a good signing because you, you know you look at his frame, six one, two fifty. Um, you know, he was a he was an edge guy in that three four system in, in you know Los Angeles, but. He, with Jim Schwartz coming here and him having that wide not that love for the wide nine pass rushing spreading everyone out, um, you know Okoronkwo does his absolute best when he's one on one on an island with that offensive tackle, and he's going to get a lot of those looks last year. I, I mean, in eight games, he outproduced um, you know e everybody on the Browns defensive line, not named Miles Garrett. Um, so you know if, if they get at least, uh, you know, four, 14, 15 games out of this guy, he can definitely make a huge impact on the stat sheet there, without He's a doubt. Just a very physically gifted player. Um, he, I had a story, I talked to one of his former teammates, um, just like stories about him and training off the field and like mm -hmm. his trainer had to like make a different drill for him because um, he was just blowing through the drill that they had. So I wrote that on on um, Brown's Digest, but just so dominant, so physical, and he's had the opportunity to learn behind the best of the best. He had Von Miller right on his hip in, in Los Angeles, so that that was a, that was a big part of him of his upbringing, I guess, in the NFL. His young career um, was having a guy like Von Miller, a future Hall of Famer, to be able to to learn from right next to you. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty sick. I yeah. kind of forgot. Like, I mean, I remember him playing with the Rams, but like, wasn't clicking. Um, but you know, I think the best, like, my favorite pickup was probably Thornhill because I mean, JJ three that whole experiment didn't go as well as we all kind of expected it to. Um, and I mean, the emergence of Grand Delpit, just phenomenal. And then we get like a true ball hawk lockdown. Like, I'm gonna call him a lockdown safety. Um, because, I mean, he was everywhere in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm pretty hopped about it. Yeah. Uh, like, I, th I think it was really cool. Um, now, I personally thought that the Browns could get away with, you know, getting a box safety and then just having Grant Delpit at the free. Um, but Thornhill, I felt like, was a steal, considering the fact that, uh, you, you know, what, a three only $7 million a year, uh, $14 million guaranteed for a proven starter in this league. Um, you, you know, 
it's it's kind of funny um, with how these guys, how the front office is attacking free agency because it's almost like they're going for what the complete opposite uh, that they had at the position, you know, before. Uh, a lot of complaints that I personally had with JJ3, um, you know, it didn't seem like he had a sense of urgency. He wasn't closing on the ball quick enough. Um, now they got this Thornhill guy who, it, it, to me, when I watch his tape, it's urgency. He see where he sees where the ball's going. He's taking off. He's closing as quick as he can, um, you know, on the football there. Um, he's not the best at, at taking angles when it comes to tackling, but he also doesn't miss tackles. He, you know, he's a very physically gifted guy in terms of speed, um, and you can see it there on tape. So it's definitely going to be an exciting guy to see Rome back there. Now, I hopefully, um, you know, Grant – can get some snaps um, at deep safety just simply because, you know, he's he's been making plays these past two years, um, you know, but I think it's also cool um, that with them getting a free safety, you, you know, we can put Delpit now anywhere on the field. Um, so that's going to be cool to see uh, next season. And Delpit, I mean, Delpit was their leading tackler last year. Like, that dude makes tackles. And with Walker out, um, he was able to line up in the box and he's able to make plays from inside the box, which is something Thornhill – doesn't I don't think he's typically done a lot in his career. So mm-hmm. you probably have that Thornhill back um, at the deep safety and then bring Delpit into the box if you need to. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, I, th- I think that, like like you said, Mac, the way they're attacking free agency, because, like, going into free agency, like, I mean, me personally, I was like, we got to get Javon. We got to get the like get all the big names. But they're getting guys that are good and not like the hugest of names, but they fill the needs that we needed, and they're going to do it right. Like, I mean, they're not going to be – And it's nice to see the long-term deals, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and I don't know how you feel about this, Noah, but, like, it's made me nervous in the past two years in free agency seeing only these one-year deals because it's just like, okay, you know, that's great, and it gives them flexibility in case it doesn't work out. But it's almost like with these one-year deals, it's like, okay – like what happens next year and it's almost like you're 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 putting putty over a major leak instead of like replacing it entirely so i i want to get your thoughts on here um with the with the more long-term deals this offseason yeah i think more importantly this offseason it's important to look at what they had offered with guys like javon hargrave um they were in on him till the last second uh, they just weren't going to get in a bidding war. And that's something the front office takes very seriously is they're not going to continue to price up because another team wants him as well. They're going to have a set price for him. They've identified before free agency starts what their max contract would be. They offer that and then another team exceeds it. Then they're like, okay, go ahead and take that. We're not moving our deal. We're not budging. So I think that's important. And that's what this front office does. Um, the same with Draymond Jones, another big name from Denver who originally is from Cleveland, went to Ohio State. They were in it till the very end for him as well. Uh, they offered him more money annually than the Seahawks did. However, the Seahawks contract was more front-loaded, which is something the Browns didn't want to do. So he ended up in Seattle. So they were in it to the last second for both of those guys. Um, but they have plan A, plan B, plan... Like, they, they just identify a ton of players, and they ended up with Oboe and Dalvin Tomlinson as their two guys that they identified were in their price range, didn't overpay for them, and they got them at a good price. Yeah, like it, it's it, it was really it was really cool to see them not really overpay um, a guy. Oh, 
so we got a question from Andrew here. Uh, Noah, do you want to take this? Are they are they done restructuring here? Is there anything that's like possibly on the table? Yeah, they'll restructure if they need to. I don't think anything's imminent right now. They still have cap space this year because a lot of their contracts have been um, formatted in in weird ways. The Thornhill one was really weird with the base salaries really low. Then they added voidable years at the end of it. So there's a lot of ways they can get by um, and and still get whoever they want. But if a restructure does happen, then you're looking at guys like Amari Cooper, possibly Joel Batonio. Um, But those players, they don't have issues with restructures because they get the money anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of really crazy to see the gymnastics um, that a lot of these GMs do in, yeah. in terms of like restructuring. I mean, thirty six million to be able to create that on a whim um, was just really crazy to see. Uh, yeah. Now, granted, we we kind of all kind of saw it coming. Um, me me and my anxiety, I, I wasn't going to confirm it until I saw it for sure. Um, so, but but yeah, it, it's. It's kind of nutty, um, and to touch uh, back what you were saying on Draymond Jones um, and that number, and how much um, that they were that um, like the Seahawks were trying to like front load this contract. Um, to to that point, uh, KFC, do you do you remember us like talking last week? And, yeah. and I, I think that's a big pain point. Um, for this Browns front office because I think they look at it um, and with restructuring, you know, you're kind of putting off cap room till uh, like later in um, later in the years here. Um, so I think they're very much conscious about that. And Noah, is, is that like a big pain point for them in terms of like future cap room? Is that something that's always on their mind there? Yeah, 100%. They have people in the front office that are strictly hired to oversee the cap and to make room for more cap space. So, I mean, these people are looking around the clock. You look at the Saints every year, right? They're way, way over the cap, and then all of a sudden they're a million under the cap with a snap of a finger. So the cap, there's always ways to, to move around that, and there's people working around the clock to do that. Yeah, just people like me look at it as a myth. Like they can just like grab money out of the air. It's like I wish I could do that, just like snatch money. It's like just like Thanos, just boom. It's and there. look, this is Sean Watson restructure as well. It's going to be an annual thing. They're going to restructure yeah. his contract <laughs> So they're just going to keep pushing it down and down and down until there's no more, there's nowhere else to push it. Yeah. So like just thought of this is so I know Manny is not on the podcast right now, but he is a big speaking of Manny. (laughs) Perfect timing. Uh, So what's good Noah? What's good? What's good? First and foremost, I won't even, I won't even uh, address the other two guys in here. Whoa. Uh, Oh, oh, coming from uh, Manny can't make up his mind, Maxwell. Listen, listen, listen. Um, you know, I, I oh, have a, I have a clip from last week um, about you crapping on me with McCall Hardman. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I see you, I, I see you out here tweeting um, that you would like the Browns to sign him. What, what an interesting heel turn, my friend. What an absolutely interesting heel turn. Absolutely, and, and, and I and I tell you what, I tell you what, when you're when you're being served uh, ice chips for dinner, sometimes you'll be okay with a bag of Fritos, okay? And McCole Hardman's a bag of Fritos, so if I can't get my DeAndre Hopkins, if I can't get my Odell Beckham, I'll be okay with a bag. Whoa, of whoa, whoa! What's up, Noah? How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? Is, are, are they making yourselves at home? Are you, are you having a good time here on Down with the Browns? Yeah, I'm having a great time. We had some news earlier, so there we go. Josh Dobbs is back. Shout out to Josh Dobbs. I'm not I, listen. I'm not going to ask you too many questions to make you sweat. Okay, I, I I won't do that. I won't do that. But as you can tell by my name, we need a wide receiver, Noah. 
I, yeah, I figured that would be the case. And I'm, you brought up OBJ and Hopkins. So, what, like, what, what's your ideal? Okay. And let me Manny, tell you Manny what, wants what? Jerry Ross. I want Jerry uh, Rice. Yeah, Tom, I want Randy Jerry Ross. Ross. Yeah. It, he wants a wide receiver with a big contract, um, a, you know, a big personality. Uh, he wants guys that are he doesn't you know, like constantly introverts. talking and tweeting. Yeah, no, he, he, he's not a big fan of Amari Cooper and Donovan nope. Peoples-Jones. Or Nick Chubb. Uh, they don't speak out, you, you know, enough. Uh, they're too quiet of guys. Uh, you know, Manny's just not a fan. Even though, you, you know, they're, the Browns are the only team outside of the Dolphins um, to have two wide receivers in, uh, you know, the top 25 in terms of, you know, yards per catch and, and explosive plays. Um, but Manny doesn't like stats. No, he's, he's not, here, not a big stats Mac guy. Here's Mac throwing out a bunch of numbers, Noah. Here, this is what he does. This is what he does. Week in, week in and week out, Noah. He, he, he's the kid in class who throws out a bunch of facts to the teacher and wants to get a golden star. Okay. He's the guy that reminds me. I wasn't even good in school, was man. I, I don't even, like, it took, then, me, it, it took me almost five years to get a business degree. If, right. it makes you, if it makes you happy, the Browns will add a wide receiver at some point. I don't know what the level of play it will be, whether that's a Hopkins seems pretty unlikely, but they'll add someone, whether that's through free agency through the draft. So. Listen, I, here, here's, and here's my struggle. I'll go, I'll, I'm going to ask you this question. Oh, and, so it's and, a struggle now. It's a struggle. It's, it's going to be a paraphrased, it's going to be a phrased question, and I'm going to uh, uh, kind of lead you in a certain direction now, okay? I'm, 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 a, I'm a fantastic person, and I'm very persuasive, okay? So when you're looking at super, it, it depends on what your goal is for the Cleveland Browns. Right. In this upcoming season. Right. Do you want to make the playoffs or do you want to do what we normally do every single year that doesn't do anything for us? We finished last in a division to a Pittsburgh Steelers team that had Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky sharing snaps. OK, so we finished last. Wow, Manny, here we go. Because I'm speaking Crap. the truth, Noah. This is what happens when you Crap. start speaking the truth. A wide receiver is so much needed on this football team. So now, much needed. And the reason and the reason being is because it's going to increase Deshaun Watson's uh, ability to become that guy, that 2020 Deshaun Watson, quicker if we give him the weapons. Right? Look at the little ShamWow. Uh, it, it, we need to give him the weapons in order to become the guy we want him to be, the $230 million guaranteed yeah. quarterback. We need to get him those weapons. Right? Unless he's going to be a Patrick Mahomes-esque kind of guy, right, which the most talented quarterback in all of history to ever touch the, the Duke, the pigskin, right? Unless he's going to play like Patrick Mahomes, then he can win a Super Bowl with a bag of potato chips and paper clips in his wide receiver room. But even okay, yeah, all right. But even, but even, so, okay, okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up. All right. Like, okay, I don't get the disrespect you have for McCole Hardman. The injury pro McCole Hardman? McCole Hardman, who was, who was complaining even You're, right you're over here talking get, about injury pro, and you're talking about – you're wanting Odell Beckham? The o, dude, don't, Odell, he's o, tore the same o, old ACL like 15 times, bro. But, he would, but when he's healthy, he's a Super Bowl MVP. Right, uh, but, but, but we all we, we all have. He got six total TDs on twenty nine touches. No, here's okay, okay. Here's How many I, I'm, I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to be so rude. No, my apologies. My name is Manny. What's up? Okay, first and foremost, Noah, do you want to win a Super Bowl? I think that that is their goal ultimately. Yeah. Right. Right. So the question that I have. Not looking at the Chiefs, right? Because it's Patrick Mahomes, the most talented quarterback in like NFL history. If you can look back and think. On the last five Super Bowl teams to or play in the Super Bowl, you look at the Bucks, you look at the Rams, you, you know, you look at the Bengals. Would you say that they had at least hmm, 
two amazing, at least wide receiver one caliber kind of guys in the Super Bowl. I mean, you look at Jamar Chase, you look at Mike Evans, and you look at Godwin when he was there with Tom Brady, you look at Odell Beckham and Cooper Cup when in, in L.A., uh, 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 you know, Higgins. Wasn't Manny just being was begging for Hardman? He, wasn't he down bad? I was down bad for McCall Hardman because that's all we're going to get. And the reason I'm saying, and the reason I'm bringing out that point is because we can't just come out of uh, the tunnel on the Super Bowl with Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Byron Pringle, like like we can't like we, we can't we like like Trent Sherfield, which who was the guy before he got signed to the Dolphins today. The only thing that I'm asking Noah is that we bring in another wide receiver who people look at as a threat on defense and will pay attention to because I don't think Donovan Peoples Jones is in that position, and I I just want your kind of viewpoint on how our wide receiver core is doing right now. Because no pressure, no pressure. I don't I don't want to I don't want to back you in a corner right now. But what's what's you what's your idea of our wide receiver core right now? I tend to not give my opinion as much as I tell you what probably is going to happen. Okay. Um, okay. I'll, okay. I'll tell you. I agree with you to an extent. Um, mm. I think there's a lot more that goes there's a lot yeah, more that goes into it. There's a lot more that goes into it than getting a wide receiver, having to pay him a lot of money, having to give up draft compensation to get him. There's a lot that goes into it. And if I'm just throwing this out there. If you make a move for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, which I will still not completely rule out until he is traded to a different team that's yes, not named the Browns. Yes. Because um, those kinds of things can happen like two days before, and then you won't hear about it until it happens. That's sort of what it was with Amari Cooper, right? No, no, nobody mm. really knew that that was going to happen, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the Browns are about to get in, right? So I'm not going to rule that out. I'm not right. I'm not going to completely rule that out until it's completely ruled out. Um, but there's a lot more that goes into that. I think that Hopkins makes sense, but to an extent, you, you're you going to have to be paying him almost $20 million probably mm. to bring mm. him in. So money is a big issue there. You're going to have to pay Amari Cooper the same amount of money. And we've seen what happens with that when you had Jarvis and OBJ. If you bring in a DeAndre Hopkins, A, once his contract is up, if he decides he wants to go somewhere else, you don't have that draft pick you gave up to develop a young receiver. B, mm-hmm. you're going to have to cut Amari Cooper probably mm-hmm. after this year mm-hmm. if you're going to take on the Hopkins contract. Mm-hmm. So a guy that I've identified like Josh Downs in the in the draft. Josh Downs, yeah. love Josh Downs. <laughs> You can set a veter- You can sign a veteran like a mm-hmm. McCall Hardman, and you can mm-hmm. draft a down forty-two. Or I don't think they'll even pick at forty-two, but you can draft mm-hmm. a receiver with your first pick in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I, this might pain you a little bit, but the Browns are comfortable with their wide receiver room right now as is. So, so, <laughs> so I, I, have, I have two follow-up questions, and I'm Dang. so glad that you brought that up, Noah. Um, because I, I am hearing uh, a lot from, it, it, especially Pete Smith, um, is really high on David Bell. Um, but I'm hearing th- that the organization really wants to get him involved um, in the offense there. Um, and then kind of follow-up question, you said that you don't see the Browns picking at 42. Um, can you go into more depth there? Yeah, A, Pete Smith, love him. He's my editor over at Browns Digest, so we're pretty mm-hmm. close. Um, yeah, David Bell, I, I don't – He's a developmental guy. Like, mm. we'll see what happens with him. He's got to get on the field to develop. So we'll see. Um, and in terms of 42, there's a lot of things that go into this, but you have to look at the fact that next year, the Browns have two picks in the first four rounds. Mm. Two draft picks 
first four rounds. Mm. So Andrew Barry, he's been to Cleveland, has always been open to trading down, acquiring more assets, right? This draft is especially fit for that because there's about 20-ish guys that I continue to hear about that are first-round grades. After that, between after those 20, between those, say, 25 and, and 70 top players, they're all graded pretty, pretty similar. So the same guy you take at 25 is around the same talent level as the guy you're going to take at 70. This draft is very unique. And mm. with the Browns not having those picks next year, they're going to want to move 42, move down in the draft and acquire earlier picks next year so they can have more assets in the future, if that makes sense. <laughs> That makes sense. The prop, the only, th- the only pushback that I would give is, you know, I understand about the acquiring draft picks, and I understand about the potential bringing in a wide receiver. The problem is Andrew Barry. We don't know how to draft wide receivers. That's the problem. And and, and, and so so seriously, I I don't trust David Bell as far as I can throw him. I really don't. I mean, the guy that the guy we're talking about right now is DPJ, who got in the sixth round. I mean, is that more luck or is that more talent acquisition? I mean, you can you can make the argument and make the case both ways. The problem I have with forty two and drafting a wide receiver and not bringing in somebody who can at least make some plays is I don't trust the team to be able to pick the adequate wide receiver because I really wanted George Pickens last year. And George Pickens, were t- I mean, this, you like stats, Mac? You like stats? Leads the league. Yes. And, and, and lead, leads the league. George Pickens leads the league, led, led the NFL last year, and, and catches, uh, contested catches beyond 20 yards. So when you're looking at that, that's a deep ball guy right there. Brings the ball in. And, and he had two different quarterbacks to work with. So I, I'm looking at, you know, talent acquisition. Not that I'm upset with Martin Emerson. I'm not upset with Martin Emerson. I, I love MJ. I really do. But at the same time, it's wide receivers like that that slip through our fingers. And I don't know, uh, especially in the NFL today, when you look at that top heavy and you look at those wide receivers, they, they're really talented. They're, they're transitioning well to the NFL these days. Um, but when you get down to the bottom, you're looking at Sky Moore's and like, is Josh down another kind of Sky Moore guy? I really don't want that. What are you going to get at 42? That's the only problem that I'm having. So if, if someone could ensure me that, hey, at 42, because uh, I personally like Josh Downs, but if we're going to get Josh Downs and he's going to come in here produce, then it shuts up everything that I had a problem with. Well, there's a guy that's in the later part of the draft, like projected – um, and Ryan actually just brought this up in the comments, is Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims. The dude is a tank. I think his, what is it, his PFF grade in, like, man coverage, like, single man coverage is, like, 99.9. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I don't care what conference they're playing in in college. If you're doing that good in man coverage, like, single man coverage, that's insane. And then you ran pretty good at the f- combine. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple of things that I'll, that I'll touch on with what you said. Um, yeah. One, look at the Ravens, right? They have not been able to draft a wide receiver for the life of them. Their GM admitted it at the combine in front of us. Good point. No, good point. But good point. also, they're not going to stop drafting wide receivers, right? They're going to keep taking stabs at different guys. Same with the Browns. They love DPJ. Sixth round pick. Love what, what he's brought them. And they're going to extend him if they have the opportunity to do so. However... They're not going to stop drafting wide receivers because they haven't had the best of luck yet, at least with David Bell. Mm. Although David Bell could obviously develop and improve and into a starter. Um, they're going to keep taking stabs at guys. And at the combine, I overheard some people talking that one team in the NFL has 60 wide receivers that are draftable. That was one of the most ridiculous. I hope that's us. 
So a team has 60 drafted wide receivers on their board. Wow. Which is ridiculous numbers I've ever heard. Um, there's so many guys in this draft that have talent and can translate to the league. So the Browns, wherever they pick, have the opportunity to take a wide receiver. Marvin Mims, I loved. We got to talk to him at the Combine. Very good player. Josh Downs, another guy identified. Very good player. Mm. Tank Bell from Houston, another great player. There's a ton of guys in this draft that they can get that are similar that are similar grades and throughout the entire draft. Mm. So on um, on Bell, I believe he's a little bit older, correct? Like he's like 23, 24-ish like for the draft. Yeah. I, yeah. You think that like causes him to slip a little bit like in the draft? Are you talking about Bell? Yeah. I, I don't think so. I is he is he that old? I, am, I am I think am I thinking of the right guy? He I think he's Nathaniel twenty twenty two maybe. Let me look it up. My bad. You're talking about Nathaniel Nathaniel Bell? Bell? I, I, I think Bell I'm, th- I'm thinking of the wrong guy. My bad. I think, you're wrong I think Bell's still pretty young. So, so Noah, um, you, you touched on the combine there. I, I kind of want your thoughts in, in terms of wide receivers. Who really made um, kind of a, a name for themselves at the combine? Maybe maybe a guy that didn't have as much buzz. He came in and, and just kind of killed it, in your opinion. I think Tank Dell is one of those guys. I mean, uh. he – yeah. I think Hyatt was another interesting one who had a ton of buzz around him already. And Browns fans seem to think that he would drop to 42, which there was never a shot that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be a first-round pick, and I can't imagine he's not. Um, but I think ultimately the name I continue to bring up in everything I talk about, whenever I talk about the draft, is Josh Downs. I mean, and, and Marvin Mims as well. Marvin Mims as well. I, Downs is just an incredible player. Yep. Talk to him. He's just super confident. And it's just the, the, the type of guy you want on your team. He told us at the Combine, look, I'm trying to tell NFL. I asked him what he was trying to tell NFL teams, what he wanted NFL teams to know. That mm. And he was like, if you need a play, come to Josh Downs. Like, he's just the most confident player without being cocky you'll ever see. Let's and I go. think he's going to be a stud in the league. That's, that's, that's good. See, I love the reassurance. I really love the reassurance. I found Nathaniel Dells, or Bells, whatever his name, the last name is. Uh, he's 23 years old. So mm. I know that's a little bit older. Like, would that have any impact for these teams? Because I know, like, a lot of people on Browns Twitter are saying, like, he's out of the he's out of the guardrails for Barry. Okay, I thought you were talking about David Bell's age. No, my bad, my bad. I think I David thought you said Bell, David Bell too. I yeah, think David bad. Bell is twenty two. Okay, we're talking about a okay a prospect. I'm, yeah, yeah, Houston, okay. the kid from Houston. Yeah, so I think that it's interesting to think about that stuff because also. With a guy like Will McDonald, who had mm. a lot of buzz about around the Browns, he's an older guy. Mm. I don't see the Browns drafting a guy like that. I just don't. They want young players that they can develop, and I don't. I, I just don't think they're going to draft a guy like Will McDonald's. What twenty four? I want to going to be twenty five by the time his rookie year starts. I don't think that's a that's a player the Browns are going to be interested in. Um, so yeah, I, I think that applies for any position. Think the Browns want to get young, okay, um, and get and get good prospects. Now, is there ever been um, a guy that doesn't really match those age guardrails that they were trying to go after? Um, now, and, and I kind of want your thoughts on this. Noah, I was talking with Christian last night, and I really do think um, that they were they were trying to get Christian Watson. I, I really do think that he was that kind of last domino 
that forced them to, I shouldn't say forced them, but kind of coerced them to trade back last year. Um, was he high on their radar or was that just kind of all hearsay? I don't remember hearing anything specific to Watson. So I, okay. I can't, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. What, if you, if you, uh, you know, can tell us what are the chances that Kareem Hunt or Dearness Johnson comes back because they're 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 right outside, uh, you know, floating out at sea trying to get some money going. But the market is a little bit dry for running backs right now. You see Ezekiel Elliott, you know, kind of floating out there and, and might get not get as much money as he's looking for. So, uh, what are the chances that Kareem Hunt just comes right back to Cleveland? Yeah, I had a report about Kareem Hunt a couple of days ago, and there's a ton mm. of confusion around it. Um, I tried to clear that up as much as I could, but I'll clear it up again. So I was told that there's still a chance he comes back. Um, I guess after the trade deadline last year, when he requested out, they didn't move him. Um, I think a lot of Browns fans pretty much put it off. He's going somewhere else, regardless of where that is. Um, and I, I still think I wouldn't rule that out. At least that's mm. my understanding is that can't be ruled out. Um, again, he thought, I don't want to say this for sure, but he was expecting a little bit bigger of a market than he has. He was expecting a little more money. Um, however, Running backs are, is a really hard position for you to pay when you're 27 years old yes. in the league already um, for a decent amount of time. So I don't know how much other interest there is from other teams, but the longer this goes out or the longer this goes on, the more likely I'd say it is that he returns back to Cleveland. Again, I, I, there is a chance, but I also don't want to tell you guys it's likely. It, it, mm. There's a chance, but don't be surprised if it doesn't happen. I guess is the way I'll put it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I and I th- and I think from the Cleveland Browns perspective, because you 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 kind of want to see what Jerome Ford can do, right? I mean, uh, he only had eight carries last season, so I think that if you bring back, uh, you know, Cream Hunt and Dearness Johnson to to continuously have one of the the best running back rooms in the NFL, if not the best running back room in the NFL, I think it's it's it, you're kind of doing some injustice with with Jerome Ford there. You know, just trying to see where 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 he fits in in the offense, especially if it's going to be more pass heavy. You know. Yeah. The Browns love Jerome Ford. Like, Mm. love him. Um, He was a guy they drafted in the fifth round, and there was not a spot for him. There wasn't really an opportunity for him to get carries pretty much during the season, right? You have Nick Chubb, you have um, Kareem Hunt, and Ernest Johnson. There wasn't going to be an opportunity for him to get carries, but this, this front office and Browns organization wanted him to get involved, and the only way that was possible was at returner. And... He was the best returner the Browns had. Mm-hmm. He has never he never returned in his career, and his first return came in an NFL game. He takes it back and, and gets thirty yards on a, on a return. So this dude is just talented. He's just all around a great football player. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's going to be interesting to see how uh, you know it. It's kind of a segue, but being a returner, Jakeem Grant, it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits in. Right? I mean, the, they I think they. They extended him to this year, right? They uh, well, they uh, they restructured his contract. Uh, what did they save? Like a million? No, mm-hmm. something right. like that. Yeah, so he signed a three-year deal with the Browns last offseason, which a lot of people don't understand. Didn't quite get that. Um, he signed a three-year deal with the Browns, oh, wow. and heading into last year, before he suffered the ruptured Achilles, um, they were expecting to get him involved in all, in the offense a lot too. Um, line him up in the slot, give him touches, run him out for passes. Like this was not a strictly return guy. So and, speed, that, maybe. and that is their plan as well. My understanding is that's their plan this year too. They want to get him involved um, as much as they can. That's not only in the return game. So I'm hopefully I, I'm scheduled to, I'm, I'm trying to work with his schedule, but I want to, 
get a feature story written on him about how his recovery has been. So hopefully that'll be out in the next couple of weeks. Um, just see how he's doing and how he's been mentally and physically and how, how excited he is to get back out there. Cause the Browns are excited for him. Bubba Ventrone can't wait to get a returner like that out there. And they're getting guys that were special teams aces elsewhere. They signed today. Um, and then re-signed Jordan. Uh, I don't know how to for sure you pronounce his name, but Kunasic. Kunasic. Yeah, so they, they brought him back as well. So those are all guys. I didn't even know he was here. What? I, I, yeah, I really didn't even know he was here, to be honest with you. And I mean, I don't know if that makes me a bad fan, but I had no idea on, on earth who that was when they said they brought him back. But yeah, everyone listening down the rounds, make sure that you stay tuned for for Noah's article because if we can get if we can get that um, featured, then we can throw that out there um, for all the listeners and all the viewers on Twitter because uh, that, that that's going to be that's going to be sick. I want to see how people grind and come back from injury because that's going to be huge. Um, just to, just the resiliency, right, of a of a guy to come back and want to play for this football team, and it seems like he really likes Cleveland. Um, I think it was a building the Browns episode on him when they, when, when he came in and it just looked like he was excited to be here. So I, I can't wait to see Jakeem Grant on the field um, uh, and, and running around and, and potentially doing some jet sweeps because uh, I don't think Anthony Schwartz is going to be here. So uh, <laughs> we'll see poor guy. Um, uh, yeah. So, so, so that's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. And uh, so, wh- what is there like to know about this uh, Jordan Atkins that we picked up from the yeah. Texans? So that was kind of Atkins. My bad. Um, I think a lot of people blew that one out of proportion with Harrison Bryant. I saw on Twitter that once once they were once they signed him, I saw a lot of people saying like Bryant's gonna like he's gone. Mm. Um, he certainly hasn't developed the way they envisioned when they drafted him, but. I don't think this is a move that automatically makes him gone. Like they're not going to release. Mm, mm. So they, they want Kevin Stefanski loves tight ends. We know this. Mm. I don't think they're going to run that many 13 personnel next year, which is what makes it a little interesting, but he has a connection with Watson and he's a red zone threat. So I don't, it didn't cost him a lot. I think it was a two year, like $5.2 million deal, something like that. Mm. So it was a very low risk, high reward signing. Um, I don't think this, says that Bryant's gone. I think that they have three solid tight ends that they can use interchangeably now. I think that's all this signing was, was depth. So they have three tight ends. Um, they had Pharaoh Brown they brought in last year who played with Watson and Houston as well. So he had there was some, some familiarity there. Um, I, I've been told that it's not looking good for him to come back. Um, so I think they're pretty much set on those three guys. Okay. Okay. Do, do you think that do you think obviously with the Josh Dobbs signing it's amazing I personally loved Josh Dobbs I really wanted him uh you know to to just flourish in uh, in Tennessee and uh he had I think he had a nice little comeback I think it was in Tennessee or something that was a, it was a huge game that he had he had over there um with Josh Dobbs coming and, and Kellen being there do you think that there's any chance that the the Cleveland Browns kind of look to draft a quarterback next year or the year after like you know or because uh, i've seen some mock drafts where people have quarterbacks um chosen at the last pick this year um do you think there's any possibility that there's a quarterback kind of as a successor to sean watson um later on in the future i don't think so i think mm. that they're uh, they're they're set on winning a super bowl with watson i mean mm. they, they don't want him for the five years on his contract and then that's it like they they want him to finish his career here um they want him to be back to his old self and bring the city of Cleveland multiple championships and continue to play here until he's done. So I, I don't think that that's a big, yeah, no, I don't, I wouldn't say so. I think that 
they have Mond on their roster, who's more of a developmental project in case they need him. Mm-hmm. If they, look, I'll tell you guys this: if they if they trusted Mond to be a backup, they wouldn't have signed Dobbs. Mm, good point. Good point. Very good point. The Browns want a backup that has experience in game, is a smart player, and is able to come into a game and, and win if right. Watson goes down in the third quarter. And that's what they got back in Dobbs. I think it was between Dobbs and Bridgewater because um, of his familiarity with Stefanski as well. Um, yeah, I, they want a guy with experience, and Mon just can't provide that to you. And, uh, and the ability to come in the game and kind of still run the offense like Deshaun's there, right? That mobile quarterback under center. I think that that's huge for them. And and just seeing Josh Dobbs in the preseason last year, I mean, it was it was fun. It was it was it was truly fun watching him. Honestly, I mean that tear away jersey, that 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 run that he had. I was that was I was I was sold. I was sold. And good for Dobbs. Like he earned this. He earned yeah. this opportunity to be a backup quarterback. Um he he was not looked at as a backup before the start of last season. He came in the preseason and killed it. Pittsburgh, uh, the Browns yeah. just couldn't they just couldn't keep him. And so they released him and gave him an opportunity to go with the Titans and even get some in-game action. So good for him. Um Cleveland loves him. They're going to have him as their backup quarterback, it seems like, unless they bring in competition, which I don't see happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they might say it's competition with him and Mond, but it's Dobbs' job to lose. Oh, did anyone have a question? Because I have one, one last question. Well, I, I was just going to ask, um, you, you know, is there a certain position that, you, you know, because we're, we're seeing a lot of these, like, defensive signings, is there a certain position that they're for sure dead set on adding before the draft? Um, anything that you've heard? I don't think they're dead set on adding anything before the draft. This front office okay. is really laid back, and, and they know that they're going to be able to get players through the draft. Um, they're going to add pieces before the draft. I'd be okay. shocked if they didn't make a move before the draft. Um, mm. Again, they were in that fr- they were in that linebacker market with Mac Wilson. Anthony Walker has that interest in coming back. They re-signed Taki Taki. They they know what their holes are. Um, it's just a matter of how they're going to fill it. Um, they they wanted Mac Wilson pretty bad, was my understanding. So there there's going to be a couple of guys um, that they're going to be in on, and they're going to sign a veteran. I I assume at that at that position. Um, Because they don't value linebackers necessarily as some other teams might, especially in the draft. So we'll see. I think JOK was an exception to that. But I think people might be surprised too when JOK's time is up to come and and re-sign him. Uh, His contract is not going to look like a lot of people might assume. Like He's not going to get paid a top of the dollar number. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but that's way further down the road. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. My question, my question, uh, my last question is kind of more of a, of a AFC North opposition question. Uh, I, I kind of want to know Lamar Jackson um, with his, with his contract. I don't know if, if you would know this at all, but like would, it would be fantastic if he wasn't here. Right. I mean, it would be, it would be great for, for, for Cleveland if he was not in the, the purple and black. So it, what are the chances, if, if there's any gut feeling uh, that he is under center for Baltimore this season? Like, do you think he sits out? Do you think it would – do you think <laughs> – no, you're shaking your head already. <laughs> 90% chance he's back there, I'd say. 90% chance he's back? I think so. That's my gut feeling. Dang it. Okay. Uh, look, the Ravens put this tender on him for a reason. They couldn't come mm-hmm. to an agreement. Lamar wanted a five-year deal fully guaranteed. The Ravens said, we can't do it for that long. We'll give you a three-year deal fully guaranteed. And mm-hmm. they couldn't come. And it, it makes it really difficult because he doesn't have an agent. It just does. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But you, this is the Ravens. This is what I think the Ravens' idea was to do this. They're letting the market mediate it. So Lamar is on this side of the spectrum. He wants a five-year deal fully guaranteed. The Ravens are like, no, we're not giving that to you. We'll give you a three-year deal. So now what it is is if another team has interest in him, they're going to offer him a contract what they think is fair, and the Ravens are going to use that to their advantage and say, it's look, this is, what another team, this is what another team wants for you. We're not giving you what you wanted, but we'll also budge a little bit from what we were going to offer, and they're kind of letting other teams negotiate for them. If that makes gotcha. sense. That's actually gotcha. a very good point. So I, I have a I have a follow-up question here. Um only because so you, you said now I granted a lot of people have said this. You, you know, it's hurting him that he doesn't have an a- agent. Uh, can you go kind of further into that, like in terms of like explaining it kind of further? Yeah, I I don't want to say it's hurting him. Because there's several mm-hmm. players that don't have agents. Um, not to get Manny excited, but DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have an agent either. So he he does not have an agent. So um, it, it just makes stuff a little bit more difficult because the average player, it it's hard to explain. But an agent, an agent is trained to do this. This is their job. Their mm-hmm. job is to, to to do that and negotiate. And that's what they. Like, I mean, that's what they do for their lives. That's their full time job is to negotiate contracts. Right. Um, there's a lot that goes into a contract. I think everyone would be surprised. There's a ton that goes into it and having an agent that can work with a player and they can work on it together rather than a player who has a bunch of other things that they have on their plate to have to put, to do that contract stuff as well, just makes everything a little bit more difficult. Okay. Yeah. That's, I never really had thought about it like that. No, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if they get Lamar uh, a weapon as well. I know you mentioned OBJ, Manny, but what if he goes up to the Ravens? <sighs> no, we can't. We cannot talk about those things. I can't All right, before it. before Manny has a heart attack, um, I, I got. I do have one last question, um, and this is for my sanity. Um, so there was some smoke okay, there. Question. No, it's not. It's going to involve a uh, defensive tackle with the Colts, DeForest Buckner. I, I don't see us really trading for him now since we've got some other pieces now. Um, but was there actually some smoke there originally? Smoke regarding in, – in terms of what? Like, there was actual, like actual like conversations. I don't think so because I don't think that Buckner has ever been a, like available for trade, right? It's sort of like the Judy <laughs> thing. Um, Judy has never been available for trade, I guess, quote unquote, they're taking calls from him. They're not hanging up the phone. If you call the chiefs and say, we want Mahomes," they're hanging up the phone. It's a little bit different. They're calling the Broncos and saying, look, what's your price for Judy? And they're giving their number and their price, but they're not actively shopping him. If they get blown away by an offer and a team gets desperate, gives them a first round pick. Like that is a different story, but they're not actively shopping him. I don't, I, I think that's probably the case with Buckner. He's one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Um, and especially with the Browns, it'd be hard to make that contract work. Um, he's getting paid top of the dollar. They just paid Tomlinson as well. If they wanted to, they can make it work, but they'd also have to give up some compensation. So potential deal, I, it wouldn't, the Browns aren't going to be giving up compensation and in return for a player. I don't really think if anything, it would be like Buckner and a, and a fourth for a four or Buckner and a sixth for a four, like something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Buckner and a pick for two more picks. So they're still getting a pick back is I think how that would look. And I think that's probably what it would have been. Say they made a move for cooks or something like that. That's probably what it, what it would have looked like. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Oh no, but we really. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say this OBJ thing is getting real interesting. I've been trying to follow that for a while. Wait, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, yeah, what do you, yeah, what do you, yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? Explain on that. Yeah, talk to us real quick. What do you mean? This is not what you're gonna want to hear. I, I made a report. I think it was Monday night of free agency when it opened. The Monday, um, I was told that it was like it's not gonna happen. Very, very unlikely that he comes to Cleveland. Um, so yeah, I'm not thinking Cleveland, but. And I'm still I, – I retweeted it yesterday. I think it was yesterday night. That still stands. Um, it It's not going to happen. I, I never will anything out in this league because it's everyone's a phone call away. Um, look, but, look, at, look at KFC. You're... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that that reunion is going to happen. Um, but I was told before free agency even opened yeah. that it was going to be probably the Cowboys or the Jets. Um, the Jets didn't come into the picture until like – Wednesday, I think it was Diana Rossini had reported it, but I was told before the free agency op- even opened that Rogers Rogers likes him a lot and he oh, wants to play with him. Aaron, dang it. So we'll see. But uh, also, like the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Ravens have all all seem interested. So he has a big market. He has a market. Um, he'll get paid more than four million, not as much as twenty million. Not to Cleveland, though. I don't think. That hurts, man. I mean, no, it was great having you, but I mean that. Just killing his soul, man. <laughs> I very much enjoyed the news, honestly. I did too. Get I, to out of here, man. I knew where it was going, so I had to go grab the jersey just no. to rub it in Manny's face. Oh man, bro. Okay, all right. Well, you know, I got to go. Got to go. What would you think, real quick, before we end this? What would you think about a Jarvis Landry reunion? I'm just curious. Oh, yes, right. sign me up. Put my name on the contract. I will have. I will pay like twenty dollars of the contract. I would. I would. Me up. I personally would like it. I know that he went. I, I forgot what he was asking for. Wasn't it like twelve or fourteen um, before he went to, to Nola? Wasn't it was wasn't that was his asking price? I think it was rumored to be. If if, if he doesn't mind coming back for the low, because I think we have eleven point three left in cap. I think million. Um, if he comes back, I personally would like it because he'd be a great mentor for David Bell. Um, number one. Um, and honestly, if he still has some, no pun intended, but if he still has some juice left in the tank, I would, I would, lo- I would absolutely love to have Jarvis Landry back. And I already have a jersey ready to go. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that should be ruled out. I don't think anything like that is likely as of now. Nothing seems imminent. But if he's just still floating around there, and the Browns want a veteran receiver, I'm not sure you could rule that out. Um, he loved Cleveland, still does, and he, I don't know how to say it. He didn't necessarily. He, he asked for his release um, when it came from Cleveland, but he also had a plan to go place a, in a certain place with a certain quarterback before he ended up coming to Cleveland. So who knows? We'll see. <laughs> you know what? No, I, I, I like you again, bro. I like you again, bro. That, that, that's good. That's good. I like that. That's good. The Browns, the Browns were fully planning on restructuring his contract. Um, they were yeah. not going to release him. Like, they did not have plans to release him. They were going to get to a couple of other guys that looked like to restructure before um, they got to him, and, and he sort of felt like they should have gotten to him first. Um, didn't end well, and he eventually asked for his release, and he had communications with Deshaun Watson about possibly playing in Atlanta together because that's look, that's where Watson was going to go all along, guys. This, yeah, this yeah. Is like, they were never in it until the very <laughs> end, really. They like <laughs> once that contract was thrown out, everything changed. Um, but it was looking like Atlanta all the way. 
I believe my, I, I think that within the NFL, like everyone knew it was Atlanta. And mm-hmm. then took, yeah. Um, is that why the Atlanta Jersey was in the picture? <laughs> and do you remember that Noah? Yeah, I do. I do remember seeing that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it makes Jarvis, so much more sense. It was very unfortunate for Jarvis because he asked for his release, and then two days later, Deshaun Watson turned around and said, "Actually, I'm going to Cleveland." And, and at that point, it, it didn't really seem like it was gonna that he was gonna return. But, um, it's like, and they were can you can you repeat that just <laughs> what, one quick second? Because I know. So you, you said that the Browns were completely out of out of the running until. So what changed that? I mean, $250 million guaranteed changed it. Regardless, look, I know Deshaun Watson, I know he said in his opening press conference that he always wanted to go to Cleveland, this and that. They were never ruled out. But all the reports, the Adam Schefter reports, the Ian Rappaport reports, like they they were ruled out until they came back and didn't take no for an answer and offer that contract. It is like, that's my firm belief. I could be wrong, but... $250 $250 million fully guaranteed making history certainly would change a, a decision like that. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and before, the Browns released, before the Browns released Landry, they were planning on restructuring his deal, and he would have made way more than he did signing with New Orleans. So that just that situation pretty much fell apart. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's actually uh, just some weird breaking news, but Cam Newton's throwing at Auburn's Pro Day tomorrow. So, uh, you know, if we need another – Another, another back quarterback. You never know. You never know. Same no. kind of play style. No. He can only throw the ball five yards. No. But just stop. Just stop where you're at. I can collect shut another that. jersey. We're just going to shut that down right now. Fine. <laughs> uh, no, we really appreciate you hopping on. With Thank us. you so much for coming in. Um, that was awesome. You breaking the, the Dobbs news live was really cool to see. Um, you know, So thanks again for accepting our invite here and coming on. It was great. Thank you so I'd much. I'd love to give myself credit for it, but his agent actually tweeted it. Um, I saw it, but I didn't break it. But okay. the news happened, and I reported it live. Okay, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. That's yeah. the pretty cool. Yeah. That's the pretty yeah. cool. Hey, we'll still take it. Go ahead and it. just um, shout out all your stuff once again, just so yes, that people please. can yeah, so we, follow, so we all can follow you. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter, at Browns with Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reporting all the news on pretty much both of them. Twitter is a little bit more in-depth because it's easier to make a post pretty much. Um, and then I cover the Browns as well, or I cover the Browns for Browns Digest through Sports Illustrated. So you can find my articles on there. Um, just look up my name and they'll all pop up right below it. So, so what you're saying is that we need to turn on notifications for your Twitter. Yes. I already have them on. It wouldn't be a bad idea. I can't say it would be a bad idea. So humble. I don't know what, bro. That's fair. That's fair. And thank you guys. So I one one last thing, one last thing. Um, so guys, we did release a new yes, yes. merch here. It's Chub Time available on the store on Bonfire. Um, so we will be dropping links for that as well. Which, by the way, no, we gotta we gotta send you some merch. Yeah, we got merch yeah, as sure. a as a thank you. So. For sure. And yeah. <laughs> And go brown. Go brown, baby. Ready for steel, ready to rave, ready for fall, ready to burn. See us, we come and we sign and we lie, we pass and we run and we touch in the town. We live in the city, we grow, we get it, we've been through the ready, we love in the brown. Never will chill, never will lounge. We are the dogs, we are the hounds. Never the fears, we blew and we bleed. So get on your feet, cause we are the brown.